and welcome to the Fence End podcast. Uh, we're recording a special tonight, um, so we'll we'll obviously chat about all things football, but uh, um, as well as Fraser and Paul being with us, we're also joined by by Zaki Nuzeve, who who obviously everybody knows was involved with the club until recently. He's obviously, still a fan, so still very much in our hearts, and and the club is hopefully still very much in his heart. So, hi Fraser and Paul, and hi Zaki. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hi Simon and. Uh... Good evening or good afternoon, whenever anyone is listening to this, or good morning. Um, <laughs> delighted to be on, and thanks for thank having you. me. No, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, uh, we'll 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 cover an awful lot of ground, I, I expect, um, over, over the next however many hours or minutes we, we chat. But um, something I, I saw you tweeted earlier um, earlier this week was obviously with with the death of Maradona, and, and you mentioned him being the, your almost like your first sort of football memory of of him being in you know um being aware of him and obviously playing so what you know growing up what was your what was your sort of football background you know do you support um a, a club what what's kind of how how did you become a football fan essentially yeah i mean i, I grew up in jerusalem so i'm palestinian uh, i grew up in jerusalem and you know i was born in 84 so uh um so um sort of uh, the late 80s um, early no early nineties is, is is sort of my earliest memories and um, um, we always had association with England. My father studied in the UK um, and we used to come every every summer holiday to London. Um, and we had a flat in, in 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 London in Chelsea, which is why I have um, um, or before prior to Oxford United, um, Ch- Chelsea was the club. Um, and 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 yeah, I think um, the earliest memories, for some reason, are more about the World Cup than um, than um, um, the Premier. Well, it wasn't the Premier League before '92, but the, the you know the first division, um, and uh, obviously a, a a a the player at the time was 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 Maradona. So I remember chatting to my um, father and siblings, and um, you know he was just simply a genius. Um, and uh, you know it's very very sad to um, to see that happen. You know he's only sixty years old, so um, I know he escaped deaths many times before, and it almost feels uh, uh, unreal because uh, you always almost assume, be- being the magician and the hero he is, he might uh, escape it one more time. But uh, it's 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 it 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 really is just sad news. And of course, you know, being British today and living in the UK and having. Um, um, you know, my heart and soul in this country who I very much care about. Um, uh, you know, of course, there's history and there's the England-Argentina um, rivalry, both in football and outside football, but I think that's that's all not really important at all. Um, and uh, we're just really mourning a, a very, very special man in, a, in, a, in, a, in an industry that we, we love. And uh, I, I think it's the... The extra things that Maradona could do that most people cannot do that got us sort of um, into that sort of extra passion that, uh, that 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 we carry with us. So I think we have to remember him for that and not uh, for anything else. Jump, jumping forward a little bit, obviously, like you say, you, you, you're now sort of kind of settled in in, in England and, and Chelsea are the team. How how did you get involved with Oxford what was your connection with Oxford and, and Tiger as well how did that come about what was the sort of connection there that that brought you to to Oxford United yeah sure so um yeah I, I'd moved to the UK almost 20 years ago now and um I studied here I studied 
Um, I did my undergraduate at uh, in London at Imperial College actually, and um, and I started to work in finance, um, and I had a career in the city as a trader, after which um, sort of set up a a business, a private business where we essentially invested in um, uh, kind of um, private debt um, and one of those interesting assets or certainly the sectors that were struggling to um, to, to get any sort of financing um, post the financial crisis was was football so um, so sort of looked into that um, and did a deal um, um, when Tiger was at uh, Reading Football Club, uh, which must have been whatever seven seven years ago or so, and yeah, I got I got to know um, I got to know him very well, and um, you know throughout the period before that, I was obviously a football fan, and uh, my 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 experience with Reading was not an experience with Reading. I had nothing to do with the club. I just did a transaction with them, um, so in a sense. Um, it was just my way to get to know Tiger rather than um, being personally involved in football. Um, but when they left Reading, um, they were looking at the next project and Oxford obviously came up and, uh, and they offered me to, to join in, which, uh, which, which was perfect because um, I love, I love um, football. I knew very, very little about um, um, about the lower leagues, to be honest, so um, I I never really um, followed the the EFL in um, in much detail, uh, other than maybe looking at the tables and being kind of familiar with it. And when 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 they were involved at Trading, I've been to a few games. Um, I've been to that playoff final that uh, that wasn't meant to be for them, um, and. Um, yeah, I, I, I genuinely found it exciting. I, I have association with Oxford in that I did a postgraduate degree after I, um, it was part-time, so I was coming in and out of Oxford uh, while working. Um, and, uh, you know, I love the city. Um, I, I, I love its proximity to, to where I was. You know, it was very easy to get out of London and, uh, and be in such a wonderful and different place to, 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 to the bars. And, um, business if you like of life in central London so so um, so so when that opportunity came about it it kind of was a no-brainer just not from a from an investment point of view and we, we, we can come into that in a second because <laughs> I think the words investment and football shouldn't well I no I'll, I'll qualify that statement and we can revisit later but I think I think to be involved in a football club is is, is far beyond um, just um, putting um, an amount of cash hoping for financial return and I think um, maybe I'm sp- skipping a little bit but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I think throughout my experience and reflecting back on, 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 on my time there I think I realized um, investing in a football club is, is, is kind of to have the success you need to think about three things and I think I may have said this before in, 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 in the media but I, I think the three things that you really need to be successful at in order for the football club to be successful are the business side of things um, and and you know that's important because at, at the end of the day it is a business you need to uh, you need to think about the budgets and you need to think about um, um, the finances and all that so you need you need that that element it's important some people don't think about it or think about it in the wrong way and they fail um, you need obviously the football side of things to be very good you need to have the right people 
uh, who not only are very good at their jobs, but they need to um, have the passion for the game and for the club. Uh, and, 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 and the third one, and I think that's really important, is the community and, and, and what, what, that, um, um, what that club means for the community, but also what, um, um, what the club can do within um, the county or the city it's based in, in order to, to have its mark and to have that connection actually translated. Um, into in, in, into reality, and I think if you forget any of these three things, either you know any one of the three, you you, you will you will simply fail at some point. Um, it's it's and, and I'd like to make this um, sort of parallel with 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 the investing world because um, you know in the city and in finance over the last few years, sort of this mainstream uh um investing never really cared about responsible investing in the past and it was sort of a side thing that uh some like for the lack of a better word quote unquote freaks would really care about and the mainstream just couldn't care less about it and it's all about financial return and 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 and, and finally it's 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 starting to become a mainstream thing that actually fundamental to the financial return you can get on your investment if you don't care about, say, the environment when you make a certain investment and you think that over the long term it might have a negative impact on the environment, at the end of the day, it's just going to come and bite you. Now, in football, it's a smaller example of this, but it's, 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 it's the effects of ignoring these other non-financial um, um, factors can be catastrophic and can be immediate. And, you know, you know we've seen this in, you know, clubs going bust because actually if you think about it if that owner came in and actually said well I do care about the community and I do care about the other non-financial aspects of that club then a, a, a default will never happen now he might have to take shortcuts he might have to reduce the budget in order to be able to afford it he might have to upset some fans and not deliver um, on, 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 the, on the footballing ambition that the fans all have but actually if it's done for the right reasons and if 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 at, at the center of his or her thinking is, I want to make sure that this club survives, um, then no one is going to criticize him or her. And I th I think for me that is the biggest lesson of, um, of of investing in a football club. It's 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 kind of, it's 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 a nice parallel to the word I know very well, which is, you've got to think beyond financial returns. And if you don't, one way or another, you will simply fail. So Zaki, on yeah. the um on, on the on the business side of things, when you first came to Oxford, what kind of state did you find the club in? Was it good, bad, sort of in the middle or everything is relative, right? And uh I I don't have an experience to, to try and compare that to. Um what 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 I would say is so so I think it's 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 wrong of me to judge what the people before us have done. Um, simply because I'm sure they've done the best they could in the in in the environment, and it's also hard to know how bad or how good it was versus the people before them, and and I think taking a view or publicly saying um, um, things um, about um, about how sort of what the state of the club was when we came in and um, would would be I think a little unfair, but what I would say is in general um, um, it's very hard to keep the focus on. Um, on the various elements of, um, um, of, of of running a football club because people just get bogged down with football. That's what mm. people see, that's what people wait for every Saturday and it's very, very easy to, to loosen up, if you like, on, on the other stuff. 
And the other stuff, again, go back to my model, it all falls back. You know, you need to think about the business. When you think about the business, you need the organization to work well. When you think about the organization to work well, you need to think about structures and you need to think about the commercials and you need to think about perception and you need to think about communicating with fans and, and all of that becomes important. And, um, you know, particularly um, coming in as a new sort of group of owners, well, there would have been a period of, few months of transition and that transition itself is is very unsettling because um it's one of those unique businesses where not only do you need to make sure it it works smoothly but you have the spotlight of every fan and every uh, you know everyone making sure you're you know what the hell is going on and they want to know what's going on so i think that period in itself brings in um a, a a high level of uncertainty and um um, um, lack of stability that um, once you come back in you need to sort of try and restore so uh, I'm qualifying my answer because I don't want to be critical of the previous guys I think I'm, I'm sure they've done a very very good job they got the club promoted to to League One um, and uh, and I think Daryl is a great guy and he had great people with him um, you know I got to know um, some of them um, during my time and um, and they're, they're, they're honestly all great people and they cared about the club, whether the ones who were fans and are still in Oxford um, or, um, or ones who were outsiders and, 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 and still did a very, very good job. But qualifying that by saying everything is relative, so it's hard for me to compare the state of the club to, to others because I didn't have that experience. And to transition itself, I think, is extremely unsettling, especially in the world of football. You know, we, we look back to last season when we, we sold two players to Brentford who, and at the time fans were, oh, we shouldn't have sold them. We shouldn't. But ultimately, you can look back with hindsight and be, that was a great financial decision because of the money it's brought in through a time where the club is, is and every club has struggled because of COVID and the lack of fans. It, it's, it's making good decisions at the time it, it, when, like you say, you've got the pressure of fans watching everything you do. It must be really difficult. That is so unusual in business. You don't normally have that spotlight. You're absolutely right, Simon. But I, I, I guess once you start knowing what it means to them and um, seeing seeing fans' reaction um, after a lot of um, setbacks in the previous season, I think it was so important for me to to just listen a little bit more and uh, um, and 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 you know that's why I look back today and I say. You know, my conclusion or my takeaway from the club on the on 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 the business side is exactly is is exactly what I said earlier that you you, you know they're so central and if you if 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 you forget about them um you, you're just in trouble. I mean, it's not about just um you know making statements or, or or looking like you're transparent. You genuinely, I believe, you genuinely get into trouble, um if not immediately at some point. Um, but yes, I think, um, I think last season. You know, come Christmas, um, you know, it was tough to sell two players. Um, but it was equally tough to tell Tiger, I actually want to be on BBC Oxford tomorrow, justifying what we did. And I got a lot of stick for that um, from some fans who just weren't happy. Um, no. um, but I remember telling Jerome Sale on, 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 on the radio that day that... Um, you know, he said, well, are, are you actually ready to be in the championship? I said, but we're not in the championship. I cannot take that decision on the, um, you know, whether I buy or sell um, on the basis that things are going well and next year I will be in the championship. 
um, you, you know, you've got to look at where you are and you've got to look at um, um, the valuation of the players and whether it made sense. Um, but also you've got to think about the longevity of the club. And for me, um, running a, a massive operating loss every single year, even if you have an owner who's ready to write the check, is just the wrong thing to do. One day or another, it will come back and bite you. Um, and you know, during these couple or three years that I've been involved, I, I got to know a lot of other owners and you know, without talking about specific clubs, but the kind of numbers you hear of outstanding debts on their balance sheets are, I mean, horrendous. I mean, numbers, you know, if I mention a club, I'm not going to mention, I mean, some of these things are public, but, you know, you, you, you mention the name of a club and you mention the amount of money that is, that is owed to externals. It's, it's, it's just unbelievable. And it's great having an owner who wants to lose two, three, four million pounds a year, but if he's going to be there for five or ten years, then what? It's great if the plan works out because he's going to get promoted, he's going to get to the promised land of the Premier League, maybe. But that's a rarity. That doesn't happen very often. It, uh, it's certainly, you know, it's, 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 it's most likely that you will not succeed and get to the Premier League. Um, and if you don't, then you, you'll be fed up with your investment um, and you will struggle to find um, a decent owner to buy the club. And again, you've got to think not every owner is willing to write off debts and you, you cannot work with the assumption that oh well one day maybe they'll just write it off and move on and someone else comes and picks up the pieces it happens sometimes but sometimes it doesn't happen mm -hmm. so so it's just playing around with the future of the club and uh, you, you know I, I, I just could not sit down in January and not defend the decision of selling these two players, even though I knew I'm going to be crucified by a lot of people and I'm going to be criticised and some people would say, why do you want to be on the radio? Just, just, it'll, it'll pass. Fans are reactive and they'll be pissed off and we'll get five wins and they'll be okay. But no, I think, I think you've got to communicate and you've got to explain your, your rationale. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I've done. Um, and I hope, I hope people appreciate it today. Coming out and saying what's going on, it, it, and, and often it's, it's such a, you know, it can be a, a very simple reason that a decision's been made or something's happened. And just being somebody who can come out and be open and honest with, with the fan base uh, was, was a, a revelation. It, it was wonderful to, to hear and see. And, and I think, you, yeah, 99% of the fans were, were absolutely behind you and okay. Yeah. I, totally accept what Zach is saying there. It makes sense and, and great. I'm glad, you know, just being told is, is, is enough for most people, I think. There's, um, there's a lot of questions in the last three years, Zachy. You were probably asked a lot of the same, the same question many times. Um, I'd wager the one you were probably asked the most was about a certain stadium. <laughs> um, can, can I, I'm not going to ask you that question again, yeah. but can I ask... Do, well, you just do have. You think in, <laughs> in, your, in your honest opinion, in the next, say, five years, do you think there's a realistic chance Oxford United could own the Kassam Stadium? Difficult to say because I think we are in a new environment today, um, and I don't think of COVID as a as a passing event. Um, I, I I think it will have a, a a longer lasting impact than many people think, uh, both financially and perhaps and I'm not a medical expert, but perhaps beyond uh, financially on people's habits and uh, and and how how um, 
Um, you know, are, are we going to be, you know, 20,000 people packed in one place without thinking about any of the health issues around us in two years time? I don't, I don't know. So, so I think it's, it's, it's very, very, very difficult for a non-medical expert to make that judgment. But I do think yeah. from a financial point of view, I, I, I do think that um, um, it's going to take a long time before which things are back to the pre-COVID levels. Um, right. And I, 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 don't think, I, I don't want this to sound negative in that um, either the shareholders um, or Mr. Kassam, I'm not trying to sort of make opinions about their ability to buy or um, Mr. Kassam's need to sell, if that's the right way of looking at it. But, you know, these are two, um, um, clearly two, um, um, wealthy groups that are not in trouble and they are okay and I think um, I, I you know as, as an outsider today I don't think I don't think the immediate effect of impact will um, of, of COVID will have an a, a direct immediate impact on their decision making um, but that said you know we're you know we are 20 well end of 2020 and the the the, the stadium lease expires in when is it 2026 I think yeah um, and decisions will have to be taken one way or another not then but in the short term or relatively short term and um, and um, perhaps the new normal will will have an impact um, in what what decision gets made um, around this um, uh, I, again, I I just want to whoever is listening to this not to think I'm being negative at all. Um, um, I I I think the shareholders are genuinely good people, and I genuinely believe their um their one of their core objectives is to find a solution for this for the stadium situation. Um, what solution there is, it's 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 so hard to tell. We know all of you know all, all the options that are on the table but i i you know from a personal perspective i want to take a step back and and talk about this because people always talk about you know we need to own a stadium and um you need to be elsewhere um because maybe mr kassam wasn't very nice to us at a certain point in time and um if we're not in control of our destiny then we'll never get anywhere and you know some of these things are partly true but you have to qualify every one of these statements and think a little bit more as to why that is the case. And when it comes to the stadium situation, for me, the, the most important part of it is ensuring that the club manages to capture as many revenues as it can from non-match day ticket sales and season tickets. If you manage to do that and secure a long-term lease or purchase or whatever it might be, then it doesn't really matter whether you own a stadium or not. In fact, sometimes building a stadium might be the, the, the very bringing down of a football club. Um, and I, I, I think people are hurt by the previous experiences that Oxford had to go through in the past, but they must not forget why do we want to own a stadium. And I think it is purely a financial decision. And um, I, th I think it's beyond an emotional decision. And that financial decision is just let's capture um, other sources of revenues and income such that the club can become more sustainable in the long term. How you achieve this um, could actually be without buying a stadium. And 
please don't let anyone read into this as I'm trying to sort of say we don't want to buy any stadium. No, that's first of all, I'm an outsider now. So anything I say is genuinely my opinion. And again, I don't want anyone to read into anything I say to to be on behalf of anyone. I don't think I have the right um, and I shouldn't morally to to try and influence um, that um, relationship between the current ownership group um, and the fans. Um, but I, I, going back to your question, I, I, I think a solution needs to be done, but it could be as simple as let's sign the right contract that allows the club to breathe. Um, yeah. And it could be as um, extreme as let's build a brand new amazing stadium elsewhere. I, I, where, 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 where we, we end up on that spectrum will depend on so many things, but I think we just have to appreciate where we are in a post COVID era, I think that will look slightly different, or at least it's going to take some time to, um, to take us back to pre-COVID world, which we should not yeah. underestimate. No, I think fa- in some way fans' expectations of of the future have, have been tempered by COVID. You know, we start a season, we want promotion, but I think this year you see so many fans now saying, "I just want a club to support at the end of this. I just want our club to still be here for us to support, and uh, I don't really care." whether we go up, I hope we don't go down, but I just want to be able to go back and support my club. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it will have had an impact on how, how we live our lives for a, for a long period of time and, and whether people feel comfortable, like you say, in large groups of people. It's going to have a, take a while to get back to, if we ever do, the normal that we had before COVID. Um, so I guess you're right. It, it, it will be a, a, a perhaps a, a different perspective on from the fans as well. We we may look look at it in a different way and say, okay, we'll, we'll just have to adjust to how how we are with with the stadium ownership. Like you say, if we can get more revenues on match days over and above the ticket sales, then you know that might that might be enough, and, and we still have a club to support. That's that's the ultimate thing. Is so many clubs look like they're going to struggle, and some have gone under. We that's not what we want for our club. So however we get to a point where we still have a club, that's good enough. I mean, I per- I personally don't mind if we don't buy the stadium. Like there was a, a thing where the fans were going to try and own run control of the stadium. I think something like that would be just as good because you get people in charge of the stadium who, you know, care for the club. And if you, if you have a, the wrong owner owning the stadium you could be in the same situation again you know not saying that Kassam's a bad owner or whatever people have their own opinions on him but I, I don't see that I think there's a idealistic view of buying the stadium um, I don't think that it's necessary what you as Saki says you know it's it's about getting the revenues from it if you can do that without buying the stadiums and you could there's a, I mean, buying owning the stadium seems to be an English thing. Mm. I think in a lot of foreign, say Italian leagues and so on, it it's not necessary. You know, people don't see it that way. Um, so I think that there is a way to do it. It's the important thing is that the fans, you know, and the club kind of work together and get the best deal for it. What who owns it? It's a bit of you know, property at the end of the day and somebody's always going to be after it. If you've got the fans in charge or somebody with the right morals, then it doesn't really matter who owns it. 
you know, um, for me. I mean, I think the way coming into COVID, I think the way that I see it from the outside, the way that you set it up, rather than throwing loads of money at loads of players or whatever, you've tried to build up the training ground and that sort of thing. I think the fact that you're doing things from the foundations coming up, I think that leaves us in a better position to deal with coronavirus because you're concentrating on the foundations. And in a strange sort of way, because we don't get all of the food and that sort of thing, actually, because we're in a worse position in normal times, <laughs> maybe we're in a better position in this time where there is no revenue because there's no fans. We've kind of, everyone else is dealing with maybe 100%, whereas we've maybe got 50% of the problems, if that makes sense. I think the only thing we can all agree on, sorry Fraser, I think the only thing we can all agree on is the, the current situation is unsustainable. Um, and Definitely. I mean, Mr. Kassam himself would agree on that. You know, I, I sat down with him many, many times and uh, at the end of the day, he's a businessman, but he understands he was there before. And I think there is a consensus. That's the only one of the very few things you get a consensus on <laughs> in this in this world. Um, that the current situation cannot continue like it is. Uh, so, so, so with that said, you can, you, you can imagine people are keen to, to change things and that's why I said it's one of the core objectives to, to resolve. Big games, you've obviously been at Oxford when we've had big games. What, what, any, any particular standout moments or, or games that, that spring immediately to mind from your, from your time in, in, involved with the club? One of the first things I learned um, about um, 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 about Oxford Driver is is when the first the first game I attended as a member of the board was actually the away Wickham game, um, not this year but the year before. Uh, it was early in the season, um, and the first thing I was told is that's not really a derby, so so don't uh, <laughs> so, so, so don't think of it this way and don't say anything wrong to the media about that, um, but. Um, um, yeah, no, that, I mean, of course, that was a natural highlight being the first game. And it's, it's, it's kind of ironic that uh, the way I feel about the last official game I had was, was that Wembley final, which was uh, absolutely dreadful. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, we'll come back to the nice highlights in a second. But I think that for me was, I've never felt anything like that uh, in something that's, you know, obviously not serious, you know, God forbid, disease or... Yeah. Or, 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 or death or anything like that, but it genuinely was such a low point. Um, I was speaking to one of the staff members at Oxford last week and he said when he saw my face, he was at the game and he said, when, when I saw your face afterwards, I, I've never seen you anything like, I thought you were gonna faint. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it, it wasn't anything, it makes no difference financially. It was just the hurt of so much hard work um, and such a special season, season to, um, to be lost in the manner it was, um, and obviously, you know, seeing I, I made I made the point to go down to the dressing room afterwards, and you know, no one wants to talk to me, no one wants to talk to each other, and you know, it's it it was miserable to be there. But um, um, look, I hope I really hope it's a motivation um, for those who were there to um, to make things right. And of course, it feels like maybe there's a. Uh, Maybe some people will speculate there is a bit of a hangover. I, I, I wouldn't want to say that, mm. but um, 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 you know, I think I think uh, that certainly was uh, 
a moment I will never forget. But on the on on the positive ones, which were many, many, many ones. Um, I mean, last season was just so special, and I think it was that week when we played away to Lincoln and we uh, we won six nil. I went to that game, um, and then it was the West Ham game after that. And uh, actually, my parents were visiting, and my mom and wife joined me in that game. And uh, I wish there was no COVID because I would have asked my mom to come and attend the Wembley game because we would be in the championship now. Um, <laughs> you know, be, 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 beating <laughs> beating West Ham the way we did was just so magical because you come to these sort of big, massive games with so little expectation, and not because you're bad, but you're just playing a Premier League team yeah. and they they were flying at the time you know I think they were fourth in in, um, in the Premier League I think they've just beaten Man United the previous weekend um, and I, I apologize if any of these stats are, are wrong I'm just talking no, from, I think from you're memory. right I, you're absolutely right that they I think either the previous weekend or the following weekend beat Man United and would yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in the top four not that Man United is is <laughs> <laughs> Um, but um, that aside, I think I think that week was very 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 special, um, and 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 to me it was it it almost felt like, well it wasn't in the end, but it just felt like it's going to be a, a one where we really fight for for promotion, um, and and actually I th- I think these sort of non-league games non-league not non-league as in non-league, mm, yeah. God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> um, these these cup games actually make a big difference, I think, in in motivating players. And uh, you know, you look at our record just after that West Ham win, and that's when we when we had an amazing amazing run, um, you know, in October and afterwards, and uh, it put us in a really really special place. And I, I I do believe had the season finished, we would have we could have very very likely finished in the top two. Um, yes, it was close. Of course, you could have finished outside the playoffs, um, but I think that there was just something special. Um, the players were up for it. The togetherness was there. Um, fans started, and I think that's important. Going back to the community element, fans started to trust the ownership, and when you don't have that trust, whether it's 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 genuine or it it's just a overall feel good situation it makes a big difference and that trust um had a had a had a positive feedback back into the club because we felt that we're being supported fans were turning up in numbers we had really good attendances everything just seemed to go the right way um and um and you know it's very hard to pick up these really special moments because there were so many in that in that season um I mean, I should just, you know, I talked about the low points before, but I think the previous season was was miserable to start with. You know, I came in at the start of that season and think were, things were just all over the place. Not not the fault of anybody. Um, and the low point for me during that season was the Tuesday night game against Luton. Um, oh, yeah. I think yeah. that was October 2018. Yeah. The- did we go ahead and then they won quite yeah. late on? Yeah, they yeah, did. I remember, um, yeah. uh, did I remember Ricky Holmes scoring for Oxford that night. And, um, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, I think Luton won on like 94 minutes or something. It was uh, something did, very did, painful. Did we finish, with ten, <laughs> did we finish in, with 10 men? I can't remember. Did Shandon get a red card or was he close to getting a red card so he was subbed out? 
Oh, and maybe, yeah. People were annoyed by Constance. I, I, can't, I can't remember. But that was such mm. a low point because um, from the outside, it felt like the club was disintegrating. And I'm this new guy trying to, who quickly, certainly started to realize communication is important. And, you know, I just don't have the experience. You know, do you go out and try and justify your position or do you just shut up? Um, but but I did, and I think it was one of those moments I remember where I, I did believe it will turn around because the, there was no disintegration within the club. I have not seen that. And I remember going down to the dressing room after that game. Um, Carl and I chatted and I told him the board is fully supportive of him and uh, he, sh he shouldn't be worried. And he wasn't worried because he believed in what he does. Um, and... Um, I also remember, you know, it's, it's tough after these games. I actually remember one of the players wanted to speak to me. Um, and um, it's after that chat that I realized there was no, there was no issues in the dressing room. Um, if, if anything, there was just a desire to turn the, around, the, uh, around the situation. And, you know, it was a confirmation that doing nothing is the right thing. Um, and, um, you know, I think in the following season, it, it proved right, like the right decision. You mentioned then the um, how important the club is to the community, and I know you're you're a trustee of Oxford United in the community. So, at, at times like these, where where the community needs to support the club as much as the club supporting the community, it, it's you know that that community trust I think are doing some wonderful work. I, I know we we as supporters trust have been involved with the with the club's trust and and the Yellow Army have raised money for them. I think it's a is that something that 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 you you you're particularly proud of? Well, obviously are you know, but but the the community the, the work that the community does, sorry, the the trust does in the community. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I I actually when I left, I I I spoke to the um, to the charity. I spoke to Jim, who's um, you know the, the the chairman of the board of trustees, and I said, I'd I'd love to stay because I want to help. Um, the, I, I want to be involved. It's my, it's my little payback for all the wonderful memories I had whilst being at the club. And if I can help in any way, then I'd I'd love to be able to do that. Um, you know, I, I I told you why I think it's important, and I I I, I genuinely believe that. Um, it's 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 always, it's it's not easy to help. You know, you say how can I help, and sometimes it becomes like. A cosmetic thing. I'm I'm a member of the board of trustees. Well, that's great. What do you actually do to the community? Um, but there are opportunities that come up every now and then, and there are situations when you find yourself, okay, I can help. Um, whether it will be further down the line financially, or whether it'll be paying visits to certain um, parts of the community, or whether um, trying to use my relationships with the club and the ownership to try and um, make that. Um, charity club integration better um, or, or, or anything else but um, uh, the, 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 the community service is, 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 is I think fundamental to the, to the club both because um, um, you know it does good things in the community but it uh, um, you know it allows it allows the um, club members of staff and ownership to um, find other sort of non-job ways of, 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 of contributing. And, you know, going back to the football club, I think we really are blessed with many, many members of staff who 
who genuinely care as well. Um, you know, ones you know, like Carl, and I, I think maybe not everyone knows, but I mean, everyone can get um, the feeling that Carl really cares, but he really does because he's actually worked with communities before. His, you know, his, his role as a youngster at Liverpool involved exactly that. Um, and so, um, and, 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 and so you have a manager who really cares, but you also have many, many other members of staff, um, you know, from the N MD, uh, Neil, and um, to everyone else who um, is um, or has been in Oxfordshire for a long time and they understand um, the importance of community. I mean, Neil, as an example, um, and I don't want to speak on his behalf, but obviously he, he worked in the education se sector and he worked with... Um, you know many deprived communities and uh, he understands that whilst Oxfordshire is one of the richest counties it also has some of the really really deprived communities in in, in the country and I think it's important not to lose sight of that and uh, and, and 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 find ways where uh, where um, the badge and the club can really help in, uh, in 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 making a difference financially or otherwise so uh, the short answer, Simon, I'd, I'd, I'd love to help. I'd love to stay involved. If anyone asks me to, um, to contribute one way or another, um, I'd, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be delighted to do that, not only through the charity, but um, supporters trust or even the club or, or anyone else in Oxfordshire. I do want to keep that, that, that connection alive. Lovely. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And it, it you you hear so many people who who come to the club without any sort of prior connection to it, and it, it just seems to get in the blood somehow. It, you know, we we I think maybe because we're a little bit isolated as a county, and it's the only professional sports club in the county. We and and it's a county club. It's not the city's club necessarily. Yeah. It's the county's club, and I think it 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 it, it can bring so many different. Um, like you say, the, uh, you know, people think of Oxfordshire and, and or Oxford particularly, and then the first thing they think of is the university and and the, and the sort of academic side of the city and 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 the famous people and the wealthy people and all of the people in power that have been through Oxford. But e equally, it can there are like you say areas of deprivation. I think the club brings all of that together uh, as the whole county, um, which I think is. I know, having done work with Yellow Army and with Oxfox, that being able to draw on, on the whole county has, has been a, a real help to, to get things done in the past, and, and hopefully that, that will continue. Um, I, I, I noticed as well, I had a quick look on your Twitter profile, it, it mentions the, the Football for Peace that you're involved with, um, which I was... Not not news to me because I know we the club had been involved in a in a small way with with that. Um, but is that something that that you're you're still involved with and and still working with? Yeah, absolutely. And um, um, actually, the background to this is, um, you know, I was part of the um, personnel involved in bringing Kassadiki into the club um, mm -hmm. last year, um, who, who co-founded Football for Peace and. You know, traced a few eyebrows because people were waiting for <laughs> signings, and this wasn't a, a foot, footballing signing, as it were. But um, I, I think the work they 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 try to do in different parts of the world is 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 really important. Um, and um, you know, I joined their board of trustees because I I I I believe um, that that they're trying to kind of expand and do wonderful wonderful stuff, not only in the UK but elsewhere. Um, uh, certainly in the Middle East, I've seen Cash working on a couple of initiatives, and 
I'm trying to support some of that um, uh, to, to take place. Um, and again, it's the power of football. It's what football can allow us to do so that we help communities that care about it and those who don't care about it because at the end of the day, um, it's, 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 it's really a way of, of, of bringing people together. Um, again, Football for Peace and, and, and Cash in particular, I think he's, you know, he's, he, he's done great work. Obviously, he went on loan to Real Kashmir, which is a very troubled um, region of the world. And I grew up in Jerusalem in a, in a, in a conflict zone and uh, um, uh, peace couldn't be, <laughs> couldn't be more important. And it impacted me directly as a person growing up yeah. in, a, in a troubled city. Um, um, and, you know, I, I, I make a point of connecting through my professional work or, 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 or even when I was involved directly in football with people from the other side. So one of my best friends um, in football is Avraham Grant, who's, who's an Israeli, and we grew up mm. on different sides of, of the divide, if you like. And, um, and uh, um, you know, we, we, we both understand um, the importance of... Um, of peace in communities and, uh, and and certainly understand the power of football to um, try and use that to make a difference in communities. So, so, um, so I think Football for Peace is certainly an organization that I think, um, and of course it's so much harder today because of these restrictions. I mean, there were plans to uh, do visits um, in, in, in certain areas to Dubai and various other places to have charity matches and um, and, uh, and and visit tr troubled regions and, and stuff like that. Also, I think uh, Cash was working quite hard with um, within Oxfordshire to try and um, promote a, 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 a concept which is sort of City for Peace um, concept that they've done elsewhere in other cities. And I think that's, again, really important because you have a professional footballer um, and although he's not a, uh, um, a, a player for Oxford United as per, per, per se, it's, it's someone who... Um, obviously, you know, carried the badge with him, and uh, and and being able to um, utilize some of the connections that he built in Oxfordshire to uh, um, to to promote programs uh, that are centered around bringing people together um, is, is 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 fundamental. So yeah, uh, it's 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 just so important, and I uh, you know, I, one of the reasons why I left Oxford United's direct involvement is because I just have so many other business interests that are taking me away uh, and I just couldn't give that that focus that I need um, but but the charity side is is uh, is not something you can just throw away so I, I was keen to keep that um, on board for sure well, what I was going to say it's not um, not to make you blush or anything but uh, when it's rare that a board member's departure gets such sort of oh like you feel so gutted but we uh, most people genuinely did when you announced your departure I must say it was a uh, yeah, people really felt like it was a a, um, a loss for us. I but, promise um, you, I'm blushing, but it's not a very good camera. <laughs> <so. laughs> yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right, Frank. It was like we, yeah, we we'd lost the sort of a midfield general, as it were. You know, yeah. sort of some, you know, an, an important, an integral part of the football team, which you know, yeah. you clearly were an integral part of the of the boardroom and and and, and the club. And I think, absolutely right. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I think that's that that's perhaps a, a mark of, of the work that you've done you know and and how and I think you can well, I hope you do take that as a compliment it certainly was a compliment I think from from the fans that, that how how we we um, how much we appreciated what you did with the club 
No, no, I, I, I genuinely appreciated it, and uh, you know, I, I, I tried to reply to so many messages, and um, it's, you know, it's part of the reason why I, I still feel connected with the community, and I still want to do, um, good stuff for the community. But also, if I'm ever asked to do anything with the club, um, one day, one way or another, I will, I will, uh, I will be at the club's service. That's for sure. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you said it, Simon. There's, there's something about this club that people when they they come and get to know it um they they establish this 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 weird connection i don't know what it is maybe 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 because it's my first experience being part of a professional football club maybe maybe other reasons but i genuinely um think it's a special place and uh um yeah it, it, it's certainly emotional not to be part of it but it also takes some of the pressure of uh, being told off when things go wrong so it's all good <laughs> You will be made more than welcome. I, I, I think as well, before COVID, when things were going well, I, 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 there was, um, you, your, you posted some of your piano playing, well, the, the Yellow Submarine piano playing. And uh, I, I remember a tweet, somebody saying, right, when, when COVID is all over and we can go back, we'll, we need to find a piano bar and, and celebrate a victory with you playing. So, are you, I mean, obviously, clearly musical, being able to play the piano that way. Are you, is music a, a big part of your life? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. I, I, yeah, it is. I mean, I've, I've never, I'm not a professional, um, but I've, I've always, it was always part of um, my, my education. I, I, I actually started playing when I was three. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I, I genuinely don't remember a time when, when, when I didn't play the piano, mm. uh, which is, uh, which is kind of. Um, you know, it's it's one of the reasons why I keep it with me is to 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 make sure that I don't lose something I had all my life. And um, yeah. you know, it's 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 nice to have on the side. It's it's you know, it's very it's very hard to keep up. You need to, um, you know, you need to practice regularly. Otherwise, you lose your technique just like anything. Um, and I actually take lessons. I still take lessons more more to force me to keep that discipline um, and uh, make sure that I'm working towards something. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's, it's certainly something on the side and it's a it was a bit of an experiment to try and uh, you know post to Oxford United fans uh, a, 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 a piano playing directors I mean you can, you can, you, you, you can easily get uh, criticized for um, you know can think of 10 different reasons why it's, it's an odd thing to do but um, it came actually I was putting it at, at the heart of COVID so it was right at the start of lockdown and um, Saturdays felt very, very strange at the time, um, and um, I kind of thought, okay, well, it's it really is the time when we when we hear Oxford United songs just before the game or just after the game, and that's kind of where the idea came from. Mm. So it 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 was the gap of not being at the Kassam or elsewhere on an away game on a Saturday, um, and finding a way to connect back to the people who so care about it, and uh, that that was my little. Uh, experiment if you like but I'm, I'm glad it worked <laughs> you don't have to Zaki but would you like to name a favorite player from your time at Oxford well they're all very 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 good um <laughs> yeah I, it, I I think Matty Taylor is very special um yeah. and they're all very 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 special I mean I had I had a connection with many of them I stayed in touch with some of them um I I always tried and make a point of being there but not being there at the wrong time because you can 
you can be annoying by being there. I, I'm, I'm mm. not part of the coaching team. I'm not a football expert. I'm just a board member. And I think you can get the balance wrong if you overstep um, mm. being present. But at the same time, you want that connection um, to be there and for them to understand we're all one big family that care about one thing, which is for the club to, to go forward. So, um, again, goes back goes back to the point. I generally, there wasn't a time, even at the worst of times when we were battling relegation in the in, in the previous season, where I felt there's a disintegration of any sort. I think players genuinely care. Um, and the only reason I picked Matty is because you, you've, you've asked me to pick someone and I was kind of directly involved when he was recruited. Um, yeah. And I remember, and that's that's that that's the special reason. So if any player listens to this, <laughs> it is no other reason than that slight emotional personal connection when the actual um, signing of the player actually took place. And um, mm. um, actually, I was on a plane back to the UK, um, and for some reason, Tiger's phone was off. Um, so uh, so there was a lot of work trying to get things done, and it was. The weekend before, was it just before the Burton Tuesday night game? Um, can't 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 remember exactly. Um, but it was I, I was I was traveling back to the UK anyway, and um, I actually one of the few recruitment um, um, things I was ever involved with was this was this decision, and because they couldn't get hold of Tiger um, and they wanted a final sign off. And luckily, I was on a plane which had Wi-Fi, and so I spent a wow. good hour of my long-haul flight uh, <laughs> texting and speaking to Neil and Carl and uh, t- trying to sort of um, go through first principles, trying to um, give a sign-off when normally I don't want to be the person giving that sign-off because I don't normally do that, and it's normally waiting for Tiger, but it was... Must, must have been a Sunday night or something that mm. Tiger's phone was off, it was overnight and it was kind of a take it or, or leave it situation that had to be um, concluded and, uh, mm. um, and I, I, I gave a green light when I was on, on, on board a on, on, on board a long haul flight um, and uh, well, there's, there's it was such a special signing for that season <laughs> so I, I kind of feel that uh, I, I, I just kind of feel that uh, connection as a result but look that I had to say this story because I wanted to qualify my answer. It's uh, I think there's so many wonderful players in the club, and um, they all add something different. Um, you know, we always think of strikers, um, you know, because they they score the goals and they uh, they give us these glory moments. But um, you know, we, we had a wonderful yeah. defense last year. I mean, you look at a guy like Rob Dickey, yeah. and uh, you look at our midfield and all the magicians in it. It it it, it genuinely was a special squad, and. Uh, yeah. You shouldn't just pick one one player on that basis. Yeah, I mean, I mean that squad in particular. I think the the West Ham games and the Man City games. I've never been prouder in my life to be an Oxford fan than the than the days after the, the days after those two games. I mean, I know we lost the Man City game, but the performance was unlike anything I've seen an Oxford side do before. And um, yeah, it was unbelievable. That, that that City game, and I didn't list it because it's an obvious one to list. And maybe I thought I'll I'd pick other moments, but. Um, um, I, I spoke to Pep Guardiola um, before and after the game, and he's one of the politest. I mean, you know, he's he he is one of the best managers in the world, if not the best manager in the world. And he was so humble. I mean, I've seen managers who are just simply not humble and just don't want to 
speak to anybody, let alone one of the board members, but he really yeah. genuinely was interested um, in Oxford United. He was interested in being there. He was interested to chat. Um, and, and after the game, he just didn't stop complimenting the team. He said, I know a lot of things on TV, uh, but he was so impressed and so complimenting of, um, of what he's seen. And um, we genuinely could have won that game. I genuinely believe mm. that. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, with such a team like Man City, you always feel like you're chasing something and it almost feels like a dream to make it happen. But we actually could have made it happen. I mean, these last 20 minutes, we were playing so well. Um, yeah, absolutely. It could yeah. have happened. One of the things we've done on, on the podcast during lockdown, when there was no football to talk about, um, we, we did a couple of sort of um, non-football related uh, podcasts where one of them we talked about biscuits um, and, and the other was um, things that annoy you that really shouldn't. And I, 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 it's a podcast. It's kind of a fence end podcast thing that we, we, we need to ask is, do you have a favourite biscuit? And is there anything that annoys you that really shouldn't? Like, for for example, Fraser gets annoyed if people tell him his late shoelaces are undone. It, it, it's a nice <laughs> thing for people to do, but it annoys. Mine, weirdly, is is Bonnie Langford, who I'm sure is absolutely lovely. She's a wonderful person, but it's almost like mm. a, a weird phobia. It's just an, an annoyance. But so I think if we can ask those two questions of you before we let you go, is favourite biscuit and anything that annoys you that shouldn't. So there's so many on the second question. I generally don't know where to start. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the first one is easy. I'm, I'm re- I don't. I don't really like biscuits. I'm. I'm really a chocolate person. So. Oh, <laughs> so, so I hope that's uh, that's acceptable. Um, no, just cho- chocolate's good, but chocolate biscuits are great. We we that's had the, this discussion, and I think a, a good biscuit has to have an element of chocolate in it. I tell it's you what. I, I remember if a friend of mine last year visited me, and he 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 bought us some something from Fortnum and made and uh, they had these most wonderful chocolatey massive biscuits I mean a biscuit is sort of the size of a you know it could be a meal but um, that was a very very special uh, chocolatey biscuit that that I had I can't believe we're talking about this Um, uh, um, things that annoy me my goodness I need to be careful Uh, I'd yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, what I would say is I'm not a, I'm not a morning person. And okay. I think things that should not annoy me just annoy me if they happen very it's early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, fair I, enough. I, I, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, um, you know, I, I, I'd like to work at, you know, late at night, for example. So it's, 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 very, it's very easy to see me on my laptop at 3 a.m. in the morning just doing something. Far more likely to see that than 7 a.m. in the office. And... If for whatever reason I had to be in the office at an early time, I mean, anything completely irrational could just get me out of control. So, um, so, um, so, yeah, so I think, I, I think, I think that's Early the first answer. Without going into too much detail, I think we're better leaving it there. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Right. Um, well, um, Sorry, Fraser, go on. No, I was going to say, Zach, if I could just say on, on behalf of us and all, all Oxford fans, um, thank you so much for your service at the club. It's, it was it means it meant the world to all of us. And that time you spent trying to get Matty Taylor on that plane, well, it was well worth it. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for that. No, not at all. Listen, I, I genuinely feel, felt part of the club and um, I, I don't think that connection is lost. And I, you know, I, I say it not in the sense of, 
you know, when you leave your job and uh, you tell colleagues that you hardly speak to that, oh, yeah, be in touch and stay in touch and yeah. you never do. Um, I, I think that's genuinely very different. I, you know, I, I, I do want to stay in touch with the club and I do want to attend games and um, who, who knows what the next chapter of my existence will be with, with regards to Oxford United. So I'd, I'd be delighted to be um, there whenever, when, whenever the opportunity is. Lovely. I'm, I'm sure you'll be more than welcome back. Um, you know, I, I think, like Fraser said, I think we can speak for, for most fans that, yeah, you, you will be more than welcome to uh, whenever we see you, where, where, whenever that may be. Um, hopefully it won't be too long, but we'll, we'll definitely see you. One thing we, we do with every podcast, we always say hi, Tim. So if hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. Tim's one of our, probably our, our longest-serving listener. I think he might have been right there at the start, and it's just become a thing we do to, to say hi, Tim. So, hi, Tim. Um, hi, Tim. But, um, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you again for, for joining us. It's, it's been a real, real interesting hour that we've spent, and um, hopefully we'll, we'll see you in, in the not-too-distant future.